What's up, everybody? Welcome in to Good Karma Wrestling, along with Brian Rowett from ESPN West Palm and Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. I'm Jonathan Hood from ESPN 1000. We're so glad you're with us for another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. Don't forget to check out our podcast as well. Wherever you get your podcasts, check out Good Karma Wrestling. And, of course, on YouTube as well. We're getting close to the 300 mark with our YouTube. YouTube.com. Look for uh, Good Karma Wrestling. And, of course, you know I'm looking forward to, Brian, Coming up on Saturday, SummerSlam, emanating from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, it's going to be great because we will have our Pulse show for SummerSlam. So after SummerSlam, hang out with your boys. Good Karma Wrestling. That's right. Come right here to this. Wherever you're watching right now, wherever on Twitter or YouTube, come right here. Catch us as soon as SummerSlam. It's also the Ric Flair pre-show. The Ric Flair final match will be going on the next day. So we got a lot to talk about Saturday night. No question. So after SummerSlam, make sure that you're with us. Also, we're going to be on Twitch as well for this broadcast. It's twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. If you follow us on social at GKW underscore wrestling, you'll get all the details. Also on Instagram at Good Karma Wrestling. Man, we've got so much to get to, so much to get to. But let's talk about our number one topic. We got a lot to get to, Brian. So Gabe will be with us shortly, but let's get to it. That's right. Vince McMahon on Friday. We had our show a week ago. We had a special show Friday. But on Friday, Vince McMahon announces his retirement. Stephanie and Nick Khan named co-CEOs. We've also learned that Triple H will be in charge of creative. Quite a week, not just in WWE world, but really the wrestling world this past week. Indeed. And so I think a lot of people were wondering, you know, Brian, okay, so what is this going to look like? You know, post-Vince, will SmackDown change? Will Raw change? It's amazing. Wrestling social media is like, oh, so my favorites will be able to get over now? Is Shelton Benjamin going to get that main event? Like, wait a minute, wait, stop, stop, wait a minute. Like, you've got to understand that some of the stuff's already been written under Vince. What I understand is that for SmackDown and Raw, it was already written. It just wasn't torn up the day of, like Vince would do, right? It's amazing. These writers will go through the weekend, writing up Raw, writing up SmackDown, and Vince has to look it over on a Saturday or Sunday. They get to the building on Monday, and like at 11 a.m., he's like, nope, I don't like this, and would tear up the whole thing. The only difference is is that for especially Roth and Madison Square Garden, they held everything that Vince agreed to, everything the writers agreed to. They had a few tweaks, but otherwise, it was what Vince wanted. I think after SummerSlam, that's exactly when we'll be able to see the true Triple H era of Raw and SmackDown and Creative. Yeah, without a doubt. And I'm sure a lot of people, you know, tuned in on Monday and Friday, like, oh, this is it. You know, post Vince, this is the new era of WWE. But you watch Monday night, there's still the promo parade to start the show. There still is a singles match that turns into a tag match, you know, previewing Sunday. There still is Usos and Street Profits in the ring together because yeah. we're doing that all year, I guess. Like any week there's TV, those two, those four are going to be in the ring together. It still is the same. I agree. I think post SummerSlam is when we see it. And also it's weird. I've seen a few people tweeting today. Why do we have this blind trust that all of a sudden NXT black and gold is what we're going to see on Monday and Friday? Like Triple H is a good businessman. And as great as NXT was, they're not drawing two million a week. And, the, you know, they're selling out Barclays and things like that. But he's not just going to all of a sudden give us, you know, Kevin Owens and Ricochet to main event WrestleMania. Like where is this blind trust all of a sudden? Like that's the weird part right now. Okay. So from my standpoint, I appreciated what NXT was under mm -hmm. Triple H and then Shawn Michaels. And the reason why is because 
they were giving me what I wanted as a wrestling fan. Correct. Some grew up in the entertainment era where they want, you know, bells and whistles and jazz hands. I don't necessarily have to have a whole two hours of that. But what I saw from Triple H was at least when it came to, especially the takeovers, it came mm-hmm. down to pro wrestling, the best of the best. And some of the great moments of NXT was under the Triple H brand. And so people are wondering, well, well, how do you know Triple H will be any good at this? Only because I saw what he did at NXT. Now, when people say, I'm not sure that Triple H will be able to get the job done, they look at AEW versus NXT and they say, man, Tony Khan beat his ass. And he sure. did. When they went head-to-head, AEW was kicking NXT's ass. Right. It didn't mean that NXT was any less than, though. That's the only thing. We had two great shows head-to-head. I mean, it, it reminded me of the Nitro and the uh, Raw years, yep. where you had two good shows back-to-back against one another, and you had to choose. So I just think that Triple H understands a lot of things, which we'll get into. But one of the things he understands is storytelling, long-term storytelling, to build a crescendo to a match. Instead of just having, here's a program with two wrestlers or four wrestlers, I don't like what I see, in two weeks we're going to blow it up. Sure. At least he, he's able to think it through, and then we'll see what happens. But I thought he has at, at least a B-plus, at the worst a B-plus, as a booker for NXT. I liked it. Yeah, no, I agree. And overall, like, the bar to clear is very low when it comes to Vince and creative. Like, we've talked about a lot. Wrestling is not wrestling. Wrestling probably doesn't exist if not for Vince McMahon. But the last decade or so, creative has sort of passed him by. Like, it's been the, you know, the typical fart jokes and things like that. And he's playing for an audience of one, which is himself. And then basically all the stooges in the back are like, oh, yeah, that is funny, Vince. Good one. And, you know, it's passed him. So the bar is very low for Triple H to clear. But, like, I don't think we can just all of a sudden assume that he's going away from sports entertainment. Will we get some better storytelling? Yes. Will we get maybe no more Roman and Brock ever? Hopefully. But, like, I don't think we can just all of a sudden assume we're going to get, you know, Gargano and guys like that who was trending because now a lot of people think he'll be there Saturday at SummerSlam with Rollins in an opponent. So I'm hopeful. I'm without a doubt hopeful. I've gotten to the point with WWE where, honestly, if not for this podcast, I don't know how much I'm watching every week. Like, I had sort of tuned out a little bit. Like, it's rough to watch. It's, you know, the same matches over and over again. If we get away from that, then I'm happy. Like, I want as much wrestling as possible, and hopefully Triple H provides that. I think that I could foresee a mixture of everything under Triple H. Sure. Because if you just went strong wrestling for three hours, I know that will tune out some WWE fans. And here's how I know. is because that's what he did in NXT. I liked it because it was different than Raw and SmackDown. You might have like a little bit of a silly vignette or kind of a wild character, but that was for character development. But for the most part, it was building on young stars or – or uh, indie wrestlers mm-hmm. that were in NXT learning the system and being able to build. And I think that um, one of the reasons why I think the NXT had a hard time against AEW is because there wasn't enough entertainment. The WWE right. fan wants a little uh, wants a little silly string every now and then, along with their wrestling, because that's what Vince has been feeding them for 30 years. And so right. th- just that sudden change was a problem, I think, for some. So they went to AEW. And so I, I just look at it like this. I really believe that Triple H is going to do well with this, understanding that he's still got kids to entertain. It's now turning TV 14 on Raw, yep. so you're going to turn up the volume a little bit on the adult content, and then just the, the kick-ass wrestling. And I think that it's going to work out well. So I'm looking forward to this era. But, just, but I want to make sure it's very clear. 
We said this last week on the podcast. We want to make sure it's clear. Matt, don't look for like these wholesale changes. It's not. It's not going to happen. It's going to take some time. Even after Smack, even after SummerSlam, it's still going to take a little time for the adjustment for everybody. Promos, the in-ring work, all that. So don't look for like, hey man, where where's my main events? How come it doesn't right. look like AEW? Because it won't. Not right away. But I think those little things will be important, like little things like promos, like not having scripted promos where you see it with a guy like Moxley, who's so good on the mic. And then you look at his WWE stuff as Ambrose, like, wow, this is so scripted. And he's talked about how, you know, he had to do these promos that are written by these writers. So maybe they get away from that a little bit. Like that to me is a win. And I hope that's ultimately where we get to. Okay. Um, so Gabe, one of the examples that I looked at with Triple H, as far as tweaking a little bit, it's just a few little promos that we saw. Who was Miz with on Raw? Who, who's Miz been going out with? With uh, T- Tommaso Ciampa, right? Tommaso, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, with Ciampa. Ciampa yeah. had like this. He had like, he had like a maybe a seventy second, seventy five second promo and got right to the point, and Miz didn't have to say anything. Yeah. That's something a little edgy, and he looked in the camera too, which is different in WWE. He did that and got the storyline over himself uh, at Madison Square Garden. That was different. I think the opening for Raw was different. I'm like, am I watching Mid-South? What the <laughs> hell? It starts off with The Miz and Logan Paul. I'm like, wait, I've, I haven't seen Raw open like that in years. So I think the little tweak by Triple H right there shows you that he has a little, he's got some say as far as making the show seem a little different. Change that, uh, um, like Roman going, hey, your, your daddy's not here anymore. That Mitch or Roman just has that freedom now. He's breaking up a little bit. <laughs> uh, good old live, uh, whatever, what do we call this? Radio, podcast, whatever. Like, yes. I think with Roman, like, that's the thing where a lot of people are like, oh, does this mean Roman's going to drop the belt on Saturday? Like, is he not going to be Triple H's guy? Or even a guy like Theory, where they joke about, you know, hey, Vince is gone now. Theory's still a guy that Triple H brought over. Like, Theory is still a guy that Triple H wanted to build around. I don't think it means he cashes in and wins on Saturday, but I think he'll still be prominent. If we get guys like the Kevin Owens of the world that are a little bit more prominent, a guy who can take anything and really make it into something, that to me is what I want out of this. Yeah, you know, Gabe, it felt fresh and felt different. Even with Stephanie uh, out there in Boston saying, I love you, Dad, and knowing that the page was going to be turned and then, to be able to see the opening of Raw, you can just tell that things are changed. Like the promos is one thing for sure. I like to be able to see the the wrestlers use bullet points, but kind of speak for themselves. But on top of that, I like to see longer storylines. I'd also like to be able to see the establishment of new stars. And of course, the thing that we all love as wrestling fans, surprises. Was the last time, Gabe, that we saw a surprise where we're like, man, I didn't see that coming. You got to have more of that in the WWE. You got plenty of people on the roster in which you can create surprises and, and something that comes out of left field. Most of the surprises they end up doing are, are advertised beforehand because they want to make sure they pop up the rating. If that's what they end up doing is, is something more of that. It, it's funny, you know, because like the way a coach or a general from like a team, you know, on their way out, player gets rid of Like, I think about Baker Mayfield, you know, when Baker off somebody from the Browns ends up leaking well before they played the 
tried to get him the, the game plan. He had COVID and video games for 10 hours a day instead of going through the game plan. And, so, and now, now that's kind of happening with Vince a little bit. Oh, Vince, you know, wasn't really paying it's happening. That's why they couldn't do long-term storytelling. As Vince is leaving what he created, he's getting in, which is also a little interesting. Yeah, the long-term storytelling would be interesting. And also, I mean, just the roster management. Fightful reported that they talked to some free agents and talent that are in other companies now who said they'd still be in the WWE if Triple H were in charge. We all, you know, we talked to Johnny Gargano a few weeks ago. We all agreed after the fact, hey, Johnny's going back to WWE. He's a free agent right now. He's enjoying it. But it looks like he's heading back there. He wants to be on a mania. He wants the white strap intercontinental title. Like, there are still WWE dreams for a lot of guys that grew up watching mania. You know, WrestleMania is only 40 years old. So now having Triple H in charge, I think, is going to change some things as opposed to, you know, Tony Storm said on Jericho's podcast, she made it to SmackDown. She's like, oh, I did it. This is what I wanted to do. And she's there a few weeks. She's like, oh, this isn't fun. Like, get me out of here. I don't think that's going to happen as much anymore. And if you're Tony Khan, and I know he's a little defensive this week on Busted Open, you got to be a little bit worried. Like, free agents aren't guaranteed to be in AEW world the minute they leave now. That is exactly true. Um, and, and by the way, the Johnny Gargano news of him possibly wanting to go back to WWE is broken right here right, on Drew right, yeah. Wrestling. Right here. Because <laughs> yes. he hinted that. You remember this, Gabe? He's like, uh -huh. He kind of leaned into it like, yeah, I've never been at a WrestleMania. Yeah, you know, I'd like to have the Intercontinental Champion. I was like, oh, so you want to go back to WWE. That was heard right here. You go back to the archives and hear our conversation with Johnny Gargano. But Gabe, you remember this like it was yesterday. He broke it here first. News just like, like, yeah, a thousand percent Johnny Gargano because he was in this era where, you know, he talked about Hunter. He talked about HBK, Sean. You know, we gave him a hard time for that. Yeah, is absolutely going to end up back in WWE. The interesting part is, yes, a lot of these things it's going to take. We saw a little bit already where, you know, the open, um, well, not the open track. But the tryouts they're going to have this week include some more indie wrestlers. I, I think you're going to play something that ends up looking a lot, lot like to. Yeah, and I hope so. Like, that's the, you know, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Where they're like, oh, maybe the athlete thing doesn't work. But they're not completely away from it. I think it, uh, I forgot who actually reported it. But Dwight Howard was part of those tryouts also. Apparently, being in the WWE is a dream of his. So, as far as I know, Dwight not an old indie wrestler. Like I don't think he's worked the gyms and the you know random rodeos and stuff. But Dwight's part of that. Out, also. So I don't think they're going to completely get away with that. For sure. Would Would you say, Gabe? Say it again. Oh, I just said he'd stick out in the VF if he was wrestling in, that is in the old bingo hall. Like he'd just, <laughs> yes, he wouldn't just slide by. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know why the Dwight Howard wants his uh, time in the WWE. They already have Omos. I don't know why the, why they got to have him there as well. I mean, it's it's kind of weird. I already have a tall guy there. So, hey, we've got our three count here. We've got three topics, and we got a lot more we got to get to. So, let's go to topic number one. All right, we'll go back to Saturday, to yeah Saturday night Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor taking place. So, guys, what grade would you give Death Before Dishonor? It's the show itself is an end. It was fun wrestling. Um, again, and problem with I don't know when these guys are going. 
and how exactly ROH fits within the world as a wrestling show. Like, I mean, FTR goes tore the house down as the main event. Like we talked about, they should be the main event. They were the main events. Uh, Castanoli. Oh, you mean you give him time to watch? Oh, sweet. Oh, you're telling me Serena Deeb and did a great job to me of putting over my... I, I, I could go and list match after match after match. It was super fun to watch. I don't know what it means for things going forward, but as a night, a singular night of wrestling... Jay Hood, what do you got? Uh, well, I tell you what, I um, thought it was a, a solid uh, B plus, and I think that when you take a look at this card, it all starts with FTR and the Briscoes because two out of three falls. I think people are wondering. It's like, oh, well, you know, what's going to beat the first match? Well, what I look at it is, is that it's not about beating the first match. Can you be able to match? exactly what happened in the first match and i think they did two out of three falls it's 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 almost like some kind of super house show we were watching because they went about almost 45 minutes right and so yeah. I, I i love that match guys i really love that match i think that the ebb and flow of the card i think was very good too though um you know gabe mentioned uh serena deeb and her matchup against mercedes martinez you know it's funny about about that match it was really solid wrestling and the crowd was quiet but some people equate a quiet crowd for being for a match sucking, and it did not. It was just a very solid matchup. My question for Mercedes Martinez is: I don't know what I'm not sure what she's supposed to be—a babyface or a heel or just a, a solid wrestler. I'm not really sure. All I know is that um, she works hard. Serena Deeb got some support in that crowd from Lowell, Massachusetts, so I thought that was great. But overall, I thought the card was really good. It was a great effort and. I just think that Rick Abani and um, Caprice Coleman do a great job on commentary. I mean, it was, I mean, you don't get the two man booth as much anymore, but those two really did a solid job of explaining what ROH means. And I just thought it was fantastic. I think it was a, a solid B. Plus. Yeah, there literally was no downtime this whole show. I mean, so that's I would go with an A. I mean, I guess the six man, the trios wasn't the best, but everything else from Claudio winning his first individual title, ending with a two out of three falls, which Honestly, if not for their match in Dallas, we're probably talking about that as like match of the year. But like when they're comparing to their first one, which was so good, and then even the promo after and FTR sort of showing that emotion or something like Roosh versus Dragon Lee, which I didn't know they were brothers until they told me 20 times during the show. Like <laughs> right. that was thrown together last second. That was one hell of a match. Like that was a really fun match watching those guys. So I agree with what you guys are saying. It'd be nice if we had Ring of Honor TV tonight. It'd be nice if we knew when we see Ring of Honor again, because we don't even know when the next pay-per-view is. It just sort of pops up. It's like, hey, catch us in a month. It's like, all right, fine, here's my money. And they'll keep getting us that way. But I wish there was just something that we can grab onto and say, okay, this is how we're going to watch Ring of Honor from now on. Well, they, they need to figure out the roster, right? Like, oh, and, and uh, you know, if all these AEW guys end up being our or is ROH going to figure that part out? Is it going to be developmental? Because that's what, you know, when he, he was when, when he initially had the first piece that this would be de developmental, and that's not what it is. No, and you got so many veteran uh, wrestlers on there as well. Um, and I think that on top of it, guys, on top of it, and Gabe um, and I talked about this last week, A, I knew that the World Heavyweight Championship match was going to be first. 
because you didn't want to follow you want to follow FTR and the Briscoes, right? <laughs> you just didn't want to follow that. But here's the t- here's the tell, right? How about this, bro? It's so I see Claudio Castagnoli come out and people were supporting him. It was great. Mm-hmm. And then here comes the champion, right? Here comes Jonathan Gresham. And guess what Jonathan Gresham had? He had Boo Boo Face. Yeah. You know what Boo Boo Face is? And, 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 and James Storm gets this too. And there's a couple of the rest, not very many. But you saw him come out, no flag, no octopus mask. He had a T-shirt and the title. And I go, that guy's going to lose the championship. <laughs> right. I was like, I, I knew it. I do it. First of all, because you're not going to follow that, that two out of three fall tag team match. But then when I saw the world title match is going to be first, and then the way he came out, head down, I'm like, oh, he's about to lose. And, and, and by the way, and Bully Ray said this on Busted Open, and I, I agree with that. Hey, man, you're not supposed to sell how you feel, right? No matter what's going on in the back, you still come out with that bravado, that confidence. Right. Like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take him on, and, we're gonna, and I'm going to make you believe that I'm going to beat Claudio Castagnoli. But that's not – he did not emote that confidence to make me think he was going to win and loses the championship. And so good for Claudio because I think that's a yeah. uh, very underrated part of the show is that it's his first singles heavyweight championship. Good for him. Right. And that's it. Bully Ray also said that about Liv Morgan at Money in the Bank where she doesn't have that poker face. When she comes out, you're like, oh, she might know something. It's a very emotional night. She's just coming out for a match. But, yeah, so Gresham and Claudio, which should have been a great match, was okay. It wasn't, you know, up to their standards. But you get the moment. We always talk about the moment. And Claudio winning a world title after everything he's been through, even in Ring of Honor, he never was a world champion there. That was that moment. The crowd was hot from the jump for that one. And we knew this was going to happen. We knew it was going to be a great show, which it was from top to bottom. But it's just what's next for them. And even look at the champs. Most of them are AEW guys. Claudio's the world champ. Wheeler Yuta's the pure champ. Uh Joe's the TV champ, which I guess he's an AEW guy. Like, I feel like he's on the fence right now. You got uh, FTR as the tag champs. Mercedes, she's another one that's sort of on the fence. Like, are there going to be Ring of Honor exclusive wrestlers is going to be the interesting part. Because Tony said post-show that there will still be some crossover. But are we going to see Ring of Honor be its own brand at any point? Oh, let me ask you this. Here's a curveball about uh, Death Before His Honor. So what was your favorite singles match? We know what the we know what the main event was, and that's mm-hmm. like going to be our favorite tag team match, maybe of the year. We'll sure. see, right? I mean, I, you know, I don't want to give it away. If people listen, viewers, listeners, if you have not seen this, find a way to watch it. Yes, it, it is. It is better than what we're saying right now because we're not trying to give it away. We're not trying to give any spoilers. We know who won the match, but the point is though, you got to see it. So, what's your favorite singles match? So it's funny. So. After Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia had the pure title, I was like, wow, it's going to be so hard to top that because there were the little things in that match. There were reversals that I've never seen before, which was always my favorite thing of Ring of Honor. I'd watch a match like, oh, I've never seen that before. But like the Regal and Jericho callbacks in the match, like those were a lot of fun. But then the match after that was Roosh and Dragon Lee. That was it for me. Those guys can go. And I think I've only seen Dragon Lee like once or twice. But that was a really fun match that... Honestly, it could have been a better if you had the storyline of them being brothers. Like, it could have been built up even more as opposed to them saying, hey, by the way, you know they're related? It's like, nope, but thanks for telling me. That, to me, was my favorite singles match. I think it, it's very close. I think that's my one, Roosh and Dragon Lee, but Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia in that pure championship matchup. Brother, let me yeah. tell you something. Like, I've heard that Daniel Garcia can go. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've, I've read about this. I've seen this, but I was like, but can he really go? 
like I, I've seen him at indies and stuff like that. Like, yeah, he's a good wrestler. But like the last couple of shows, this show, and of course Dynamite, which we'll get to, man, I mean, he's very, he's very good because yep. you see him. His, his name's Daniel Garcia. It's like, well, you know, what does he do? He's a wrestler. Right. Okay, so <laughs> what makes him special? He has a special story because they sure. illustrated, you know, the accident that he was in. But just like, you know, what is he? He's Daniel Garcia. But that's a babyface okay? story. Like yeah. that's not a heel story. You don't want that out there. I would agree. I would agree. I thought I really thought you were gonna give me Willow, Willow Nightingale, Allison Kay was your favorite <laughs> singles match. They were. I do want to see more of Willow. I think she's a future star. I wish they would use her more and actually yeah. give her some meaningful wins. But like th- that match, that pure title match, you know, AEW gets a lot of slack for some of the older guys they push and the ex WWE guys. Their young core is so strong, and they're gonna get some time to develop. But like Yuta, Garcia, Darby, Jungle Boy. MJF maybe like that is a really strong core of guys under the age of 30 that are the future of this business all on one roster right now. Uh, Mike DeFowl from New York says he thought it was a very good pay-per-view, a solid B plus the Gresham thing bothered him. Yeah. I saw boo-boo face as soon as right. he came on, like, Oh, come on, brother. Like he's <laughs> going to lose, but it's like, Hey man. But then the aftermath, should we save that for news and notes? Or can we bring it up now? Well, let's bring it up now. Yeah. Okay. So, the aftermath is it's a, a yelling match between Gresham and Tony Khan on the back. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's, uh, uh, and then, then he asked for his release this week. Yeah. He doesn't want so to. Apparently do he wasn't happy with the heel turn and some of the storytelling. And like, I know a lot of people are going to try and place that blame on Tony Khan. And sure, there's probably some communication issues. They are a new company, but not everyone can get their way. Not everyone's going to be happy with their storyline. Like at least give it some time to work out. Yeah, I, I would think so too. But you know what? It's about your happiness now. This is what it's sure. about. You can be in contract and just ask for your lease and just walk out. You know, this is this is the business now. Before right. you used to honor your contract, no matter how frustrated you were. But now, you know, Sasha, Naomi, Gresham, they just feel like, hey, you know. And, and so Gresham's thought, by the way, was this: He's like, you know, how come I'm a technical wrestler but can't get over, but Brian Danielson can? You saw that quote, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm just kind of like. Hey man, I respect you. Absolutely, right. I respect you. I, hey, listen, let the see you know make them believe. Like I believe, make Tony Khan and AW or or Ring of Honor believe. Hey man, that you are worth it. You don't like the creative work, you know, just work. But right. that's not how he feels, you know. So, um, I don't know if there's going to be something worked out. I don't know if we're going to see Gresham in the WWE. I don't know if that fits. But I just know that Gresham is a good wrestler, and it's too bad. You know, it's too bad that it worked out that way. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's interesting to see it go this way, whereas, like, you ask for your release from the WWE world, and there's these endless possibilities. Jonathan Gresham options are probably limited outside of this world. He says he's not going to wrestle for a little bit. That's why he went out there as himself, because he knew it was going to be his last match for a while. But, I, I mean, maybe the new WWE is a different story, but Gresham doesn't quite fit the WWE mold. I would agree with that. Um, so we'll, we'll just see how that happens. But I thought it was a solid B. They did a great job. I'm looking forward to seeing what's next with Ring of Honor. Um, I know that um, TV deals don't fall, you know, don't grow on trees. <laughs> I understand that. But man, like one of those YouTube shows yeah. that uh, that uh, AEW has, I like for Ring of Honor to replace that. And I, and I know it's like, well, you know, where would they wrestle? They wrestle in Orlando, right? Right. I mean, you can figure that out after the fact. That's what I think, but I man, I look forward to seeing what's next with them. 
All right, moving on. Number two, last night on Dynamite, a couple stories involving titles. What was a bigger title story from last night? The fact that we will have new trios titles in AEW. They will be crowned it all out. Or Hook winning the FTW title from Ricky Starks. Okay, well, this is layered when it comes to Ricky <laughs> Starks. The trios titles, I, I guess this is something you're going to do every month is just introduce new titles. <laughs> like, because the fans have been begging for the trios titles. Like, what? But who? At least this is different, though. Like, the trios titles will stand alone. It gives a lot of things to do for a lot of guys as opposed to the Atlantic title. I think that's what it's called. Like, all those titles are the same. They're mid-card titles. They're all the same. Trios gives us something to do. House of Black, Best Friends, Dark Order. Like, there are a lot of people that can benefit from the trios titles. But who's over, bro? It's who's over? Eh, I mean, the like, box. You give, like, give, up, give the three of us the trios titles. <laughs> and, but, I, but the question is, who's over, right? You can put belts on everybody. Who's over? Sure, that's fair. Like, like okay, so the House of Black is over to me. Yes. Okay, cool. Do you have enough contenders, real contenders, to have banger trios matches? Like, I, um, wh- wh- who is uh, Gabe's favorite? Uh, <laughs> Ray Phoenix. AW? Ray Phoenix, Ray Phoenix right? Yeah. And, and, you know, like his bro- him and his brother. And, and, like an, and a Pac, third person. but they sort of gave Pac a title already. So you have that yeah. trio. Like, yeah. Dark Order has been very over at times. Like, imagine what they could have done with something to chase. Like, ultimately, it looks like this is leading to Kenny where, you know, the rumors always were they're not going to do this until Kenny's ready to go. I think the perfect storyline is, you know, Hangman and Dark Order versus the Bucks and Brandon for the trios titles. Cutler gets injured, out comes Kenny, and then there you go. They're your first champs. Sure, sure. I just, like, I, I just think that you have time for this. You know, I don't need it today. Sure. I, I need, Give it to me at the, at the end of the fall. Give me that in 2023. I don't need it right now. Why, why are you rushing these titles up? Like, you know, why I mean, you we're going to get a tournament. So you're going to see some people. So at least there's that to look forward to. Oh, my God. You're too young for this. I'm, I'm old enough to remember when, when trios or six-man titles were as a trophy. Okay, wow. Just carry, like, like carrying a whole trophy. <laughs> it's like the Von Erics, right? It's just like like – we're the six-man tag team champions, and here's our six-man trophy. Like, what? Just like, well, who's going to hold it? Like, David? Kerry? Mike? You know, Kevin? Who holds the six-man? Like, That's unfortunate. It's true. No, but, no, couldn't afford belts back then. Couldn't afford titles. Like, that's too much. I'm going to wow. have three more championships. Carry the trophy. Like a bowling trophy. Honest to God, back in the day. Um, so, okay. So, you and I... And if, if uh, Gabe gets back on here, he's got a, a tough time with cell service in the mountains of uh, Wisconsin, the mountains <laughs> and, the, uh, and the hills of Wisconsin. But uh, I, we really got – so the answer to the question is Hook winning the FTR uh, – the FTW championship. Okay. So – but it's very layered, though, because I'm watching Ricky Starks, and what we saw is the – where a babyface star is born from taking on Danhausen and beating him quickly to taking on Hook and then Hook beating Ricky Starks to that promo to the Hobbs turn. We just saw all in one hour, a babyface star is born. Yep. And, and so, the impressive so, and, part also, yeah. like talk about layers, 
you have yeah. that turn while also having Danhausen be ridiculously over and then have a squash match, and then the hook moment also. So you have all of that, you know, right next to each other, and I think that's credit to AEW storytelling right there. It's it was really amazing from one dynamite to the other because I did not like the last dynamite that they yeah. had. I thought it was all, I thought it was horrible, but it's amazing what they just did. You see what they did, bro? It's so you made Ricky Starks a star, a babyface star. You just hooked up Hobbs as this big time heel, mm-hmm. and you just hooked up Hook to be the FTW champion all at the same time. Yeah, that's that's tremendous. The domino effect of all of how that all happened was a great moment for AEW Dynamite. It really was. Yeah. Um, and, and so, but from so the answer is 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 Hook, and because Hook's over, but it just all of this was a surprise. I don't know how you took it. It was a surprise, right? So it starts with Ricky Starks beating Danhausen. That's nothing, right? It's a gimmick match, two three minutes. <laughs> but then, but then it's like Ricky Starks wants more, and here comes Hook. Wait. Isn't Hook and Ricky Starks in the same faction? Right. How come Ricky Starks didn't leave? He was like, well, hey, man, we're together. All right, I'll give you the match. And Hook beats Ricky Starks. Yeah. And and I got something on this also that I'm really disappointed in is in a minute. But then, you know, once that match is over, I don't expect to see Ricky Starks back in the ring. Right. I'm like, what's he still doing there? Right. You, you lost. Let's get to the next thing. What is Ricky Starks and Hobbs going to say? See, we didn't expect it to happen. What right. I say about Triple H and Raw and SmackDown, surprises. Yep. What's Ricky Starks going to say? That babyface promo he gave, tremendous. And then out of nowhere, bam, the forearm to the back by Hobbs. I'm like, And that was Whoa! stiff. That was a stiff forearm. <laughs> what happened there? Like, like, like no one, nobody saw that coming. I love that because I didn't see it coming. Nobody saw it coming. And I think the best part also of that is this is AEW sort of giving the fans what they want. Because I think the Ricky face turn has been very organic. The triple threat tag match, it was Ricky getting a lot of the pop. Like ultimately Swerve and Keith Lee win the titles, which was a big moment. But remember how over Ricky Starks was in that match. Like fans were starting to get into him. You had the special intro last night, which was pretty cool. So that was special. And then with the hook thing also, a lot of people complain and say, oh, they're wasting him. Like it's such a disappointment. That was still a moment last night. Like, I put Hook, that pop, right up there with when Wardlow won the title. Like, they are yeah. doing a good job of building stars. And then you have the extra little carrot also of Taz on the call. Like, that was a really special moment. Like, that whole thing. And it was just perfectly executed, honestly. I, I saw Ricky Starks in the NWA. Okay. Uh, in the, re, the new NWA. And I was watching him. I'm like, man, this guy's got charisma. Like, this guy's got it. And he was just taking on the wrestlers that was on the roster that was put together. And I was like, this guy could be something. And then when I found out he was in AEW, I'm like, hmm. I mean, <laughs> they got this. I know a lot of people didn't wa- wasn't watching NWA like I was on YouTube. I'm like, they, this guy's going to be something. He's got this rock-like charisma. Yep. And, you know, let's point this out, too. The video before he had his match against Dan House. And I'm like, where did this, <laughs> this video came from? It was so slickly done. Right. I said, hmm. This is very interesting. It's something new, right? And I think also I like, and I don't want, like, I hate comparing them, but, like, the fact that he's a Cody guy isn't against him. Like, like, oh, you're a Cody guy, like, back of the line now. Cody's gone. He's not here to protect you. Like, if anything, he's more over and gotten more involved in things since Cody left. So, like, I give them credit for that as well. Here's the problem, right? Here's Uh my problem. (laughs) There's always going to be a problem. (laughs) So... 
this means the end of Team Taz. Yeah. And let me just tell you, bro, it's, it's really unfortunate. Team Taz could have been so much better. Sure. Their, pro, their promos were fantastic, starting with Taz. They were believable. It was tough. It was different. But can I just tell you, for Taz not to get out of the chair to celebrate his son winning the first championship, for Taz not to get out of the chair when he could see that Starks and Hobbs are breaking up, you know what? He's the laziest manager I've ever seen in the sport. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, but no, no, he's the manager. He's a Captain Lou was washed. Yeah, twenty-five years down the line, Johnny Valiant was what? Mister Fuji's one of the worst managers of all time, but he still waddled his way down to ringside to help Morocco. This, this is the worst. Now, I understand, like Taz can't be touched because of the neck. He's probably got yeah. like Lords of London, whatever. But the idea that you're not there to celebrate your son, he doesn't come down for that. He doesn't come. He says, "What the f is going on here, Jr? What's happening here? Why don't you go down and find out?" He never left, and then you go to the next segment, didn't even talk about it. He should be devastated, like, oh, my God, my whole team Taz is blown up. All right, what's next in the format? Uh, yeah, I, I get, yeah, I get what you're saying, but, like, they've been very good at, like, organically things just ending. Like, you mentioned, oh, aren't Hook and Stark sort of together? Like, we haven't seen them together in a while because Starks and Hobbs have been heels while Hook has been a face and teaming with Danhausen. Like, they've sort of separated themselves – and even when it comes to Starks and Hobbs, like they're referred to as Starks and Hobbs. We haven't really hear a lot of Team Taz. Like Taz talks about them. So I feel like this might have just been the organic way of like, all right, like we're moving on. Like Taz hasn't been doing promos with them recently. They're part of Team Taz. You know that. How, well, yes. I, what? I, I know that, but like we haven't seen that. Like since the Brian Cage stuff and all those sort of things, like they haven't been as prominent. I think basically since Hook started doing his own thing. Like, that's when it sort of just sort of drifted apart. It doesn't make sense to me. They, but you know why? If they were not still part of Team Taz, why would Taz be so – what the up's yeah. going on here? <laughs> Got Ricky Stocks. What's happening here? What's happening? Get your ass out of the booth and go down there and find out what's going on. Right. <laughs> like, like he, I know he can't have physicality. Yeah. I know that much. I, but come on, man. I mean, if that's you and I, we're coming on there to see, like, what happened? Right. Yeah, or, walking, or walking Hobbs <laughs> up the ramp and saying, hey, man, why'd you do that to my man Ricky? Go in the ring. Find out what's happening to Ricky. The laziest manager in the history <laughs> of the business. He won't He's get a lazy man. Chair. He's got another <laughs> job. He's got to worry about his commentating. Wait a Bro, it's, I have seen managers in wheelchairs. <laughs> I've seen managers on walking canes. I've seen managers sit in the booth with Gorilla Monsoon. Heenan. Heenan would be in the booth. He wasn't tempted to the booth. If this guy's in trouble, he takes the headphones off and tries to interfere. That's he fair. sits up there. He sits up there on the ramp while Team Taz is dissolving and does nothing about it. Get your ass up and do something about it, Taz. For God Maybe he thought JR was going to handle it. Oh I'm, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> it's Wednesday night. Where are we, Tony? God almighty. <laughs> I just, I, I, I just, um, I was just, uh, just flummoxed by that. I didn't understand it. But you know what, though? Um, but I just thought that that was a great, great segment. And Ricky Starks, and here's the theme of Dynamite: young, yep, young, young stars were featured. I mean, Moxley aside, and just like in the main event, like young, it was, it was, it showed you the next level 
but away from the veterans, just the young stars that are coming up that's going to help this company supposedly, supposedly three or five years, right? I mean, the night ended. We were talking like Daniel Garcia beating Brian Danielson. Like that's how the night ended last night with Brian returned. You know, wasn't a lot of fanfare. It was just sort of thrown in like, hey, this is happening also. But like Daniel Garcia beating him is a big deal. It was. Um, I, I, and that's why it's so funny la- how I felt about it last week. I was so down <laughs> on Dynamite last week because I was just, I mean, the barbed wire, everything else, right? Yeah. That didn't bother me as much as the rest of it. Just a lot of the in-ring just was underwhelming. But I think they turned it out complete 180 this week. Uh, Roosh and Moxley, we we're talking before yep. the show about how impressive Roosh is, right? We see him at Death Before Dishonor be his uh, brother. He takes on Moxley, and I, I see the internet rumor, the, the internet. It's like, oh, you know, Moxley crushed Roosh. You know, now Roosh is done. Roosh is not done. Oh, yeah. He's not done. And, and actually, that was a physical, fun battle between the two. I, I would also tell John Moxley this. This is a 1985 where you feel like if you bleed every night, you get an extra $500 <laughs> in your paycheck. That's not what it is. You don't no. bleed just because – you don't get paid more because you bleed. You don't have right. to bleed every sh- – see, when you bleed every match, now you take the – the not necessarily the fun, but you take the spontaneity out of it. Yeah, and the novelty. Like, I think one of the reasons we look back on that Cody-Dustin match and that blood and how special it was was because of how rare it was. Like, we hadn't seen blood in so long on, like, a national product, so it was a big deal. But, yes, Mox bleeding at 8.05 on a Wednesday night – like, it takes away from that moment. Like, the novelty is gone when it comes to Moxley bleeding. I see Eric Collins here. He says, I'm waiting for the all-African title. All <laughs> the brothers and sisters can fight for it. You see it there? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's called the TBS championship. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the Jade Cargill championship. I believe. Hey, they still happens. have that moment out there. Like, whenever she loses, that'll be a moment. That's still waiting. <laughs> so we do have the All African title. Hey, we already have that. So, uh, so, so that. Um, anything else from Dynamite? Oh, oh. So the uh, Jungle Boy promo. Yeah. So we talked a few weeks ago about Christian sort of crossing that line, and like. It was weird to me because of the fact that we've seen Christian not be that for so long. So it felt or it didn't feel organic. It felt fake. Jungle Boy last night, it had those moments of like a little kid cursing because he knows he can. Like, oh, mom's not around. I can say the bad word right now. But like it was a different edge to Jungle Boy. And we don't usually see him on the mic. Like, I think overall that was a good moment from Jungle Boy. Yeah, probably the promo of his career. And but oh, yeah. I know there's a, I know there's a lot there, you know. When you're talking about Christian's divorce, call yes. them the P, the, the P word, even though yeah, I, even, you can I say won't that on use TV. that. Right. Yeah. Even I won't use that. Yeah. I mean, it, me. Like, <laughs> so I, I'm looking at that, bro. It's and I'm like, and, and just like little side jabs too. Like, I'm sure it wasn't part of the bullet points. He's just talking about, you know, Christian's dick and all that. I'm just like, <laughs> oh man. Like, it, I, I, I'm watching that and I'm just like, okay. Okay, it's comedy night. Like it's open right. mic night, and this guy is just going after Christian uh, and cutting him to pieces. Right. And then there's Christian in the back, and you know, it's just I love it, man, because he's just always going to wear the turtleneck and a jacket in the summer. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, it, it, I'm sure it was not cool in uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts yesterday, but it happened. And so I, you know, here's the thing: they had the back and forth. Just let it pay off. 
Are we going to get a good Christian Jungle Boy match? Otherwise, it's just a war of words just to be able to do it because you can. Well, so speaking of that payoff, is that all out? Like, do we have a month of this back and forth right now? And then, like, where does Luchasaurus play in there? Because it's late July. All out is early September. Is there going to be a month of this? Uh, probably so. Uh, okay. Probably so. I, I wouldn't have these guys. I mean, I, I like what they've done because they've told a, a good story. Yeah. The one-man concerto, you know, uh, Jungle Boy coming out. And, boy, from from a year ago, and I know that Mark Henry – and others have worked with Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy was that dude that was tired for promos and he would hide in a closet. Right. This is legit. Like wow. when it came to promos, he like he didn't want to do it. You know, like that even him going to, uh, with uh, Kenny Omega going back and forth, like he didn't want to do it because and Kenny's not a great promo, but no. he's good enough to be able to get his, his point across, right? And so he would just hide. And Mark Henry and others worked with him. It's like, hey man, look, you have got to you, you look good. When you come out, the, the ladies yell for you. <laughs> you know, the little kids love you. You're, you're, the, the people are swaying when you come out there. So you've got to be able to talk. You you have to say something. It can't be Marco stunt. Someone right. else has to speak for you. And he's come out of his shell in a big way. That shows growth, right? Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. And I think that's sort of the next step to him ultimately, you know, being a singles champion. Like that match with, Jung- with uh, Kenny – was a great match and like they did a good job where there were a couple times that it was a saturday night where it's like is this gonna happen like is jungle boy gonna win but he's one of those guys that we've talked about a lot like they got away from it a little bit with the tnt title but they're building up people to when they win those belts it is going to be special it is going to be a magical moment specifically that world title to where there are a lot a long list of guys who are like wow this is special i'll remember this you know for a while and jungle boy is definitely part of that group you know, as much as you and I like young wrestlers, the next generation of wrestlers, you do like veterans that know what they're doing. Sure. And, and one of them is Danielson. You mentioned Danielson and Garcia. Danielson understood, like, yeah. he's coming off a concussion, and he's like, you know what? Just kick me in the head, right. and when I fly outside, I'm going to hit my head on the on the concrete, and I want you to DDT me or whatever the hell on the concrete. He under like, but... Bro, it's, he's risking it all. I know. Like, it makes me uncomfortable watching. Like, I love watching Ryan Danielson wrestle, but, like, yeah, it's still uncomfortable. Like, I remember feeling that when he returned at Mania, and now that he had another concussion, like, I get what they're doing with the storytelling there, but, like, do we really need to go down that route? Like, actually playing up the concussion angle? Like, it is a serious matter. It is a serious matter. So serious that if the doctors find anything else on him, Okay, so maybe now you're risking your career, but he's right. willing to do it with Daniel Garcia, though. And that's the thing I was telling you about, man. Danielson's like, yeah, beat me, man. Right. And it's got, but if you're a young wrestler, he's like, wait, man, you're Brian Danielson. You want me to come? <laughs> right. You want me to go over you? Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I've seen yeah. your stuff. Yeah. I mean, but apparently Danielson says this a lot. That's like, awesome. He doesn't, he, because he doesn't care about the losses, man. He'll go down to Orlando at dark. <laughs> And goes, I just want to fight, man. Someone's going to wrestle me. Yeah, this kid here that you just brought in, yeah, put him over me. And they're right. like, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, we're not doing that. Oh, but he's so good. Like, no, no. I mean, Danielson looks at Garcia and goes, you know what? You want to do an F, you know, a, a F finish to me? That's fine. But I want Daniel Garcia to go over because I see something in him. He's yeah. he's the next generation. And But, but Danielson's willing to risk it and go – a million miles an hour 
on a match on Dynamite. He knew how fast. That's why he started the match that way. He started off with a with a leg lariat, all right, into the corner immediately. It's like, dude, like you're just not gonna slow it down. Now here's the thing, WWE, they would have told him, take your time, oh, yeah. right, right. Just like you don't have to do all this. You want to get in the ring, all right, but I don't want you to do. It. But for Danielson, he's like, I don't care. Yeah. It's, it's 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 Danny Garcia. Let's do it. Yeah, and it's a big moment for Daniel Garcia. It makes him even more legitimate. Like it was a perfect ending to the show last night and fun to watch. Yeah, so uh, so a good dynamite show from Wusta. And uh, and so we will see what happens. But for what shows you 180 degrees night yeah. and day for dynamite. Really good show. All right, final one here in the three count. Saturday night from Nashville. It will be SummerSlam. Currently seven matches on the card. Five of them are title matches. So when we take the air after SummerSlam ends. How many title changes will we see on Saturday? Well. <laughs> and those title well, matches, I'll throw it out there. Undisputed title, Roman versus Brock. Liv Morgan defends the SmackDown women's title against Ronda Rousey. Lashley defends the U.S. title against Theory. Bianca Belair defends the Raw women's title against Becky Lynch. And the Usos defend the undisputed tag titles against the Street Profits. With, of course, Jeff Jarrett as the special referee. Which still doesn't so, make any like sense. So, <laughs> you're right. especially when Jeff Jarrett is smaller than all four guys. <laughs> what does that mean? By the way, just a quick a quick shout out to Jeff Jarrett, one of the smartest guys in wrestling. Uh, amazing, right? Maybe face in one in one show, heel in the next. Right. That's <laughs> like you're going to be in the middle of Ric Flair's last match, but yet you're going to be a baby face referee. We think at SummerSlam. So um, weird. Be funny if the WWE kind of winked at that. Like if Jared, <laughs> what what if Jared turns heel and makes the Street Profits lose, and then all of a sudden now there's frustration on the part of Street Profits. Like you know what, we keep trying, we just can't win these championships. We're going our own way, and then we get a Hobbs Stark situation with the Street Profits. I, I guess I, it feels like it's going that way. It's the only way to sort of end this storyline. Like I feel like the Usos are going to win, and then that's the only the next logical step. Unless we get Uso Street Profits at pretty much every pay-per-view the rest of the year. Or premium live event, sorry. Yeah, be careful now. Um, <laughs> so, Lightning strikes, strikes twice at SummerSlam with Becky beating Bianca. You think so? Okay. I, I, there's got to be some title changes. And so, it's not to say that Belair has not been a great champion. But I know that they feel strongly about Becky. And this matchup is really fun. That, that's the women's match I'm looking forward to seeing the most because there's no real heat with Rousey and Liv Morgan. No. There's just no – I mean, I saw their face-to-face on at uh, SmackDown. It's kind of like I, I didn't see anything right. that made me think, God, I got to see this match. Yeah, no, there's nothing there. To me, though, like that's the only title change we see is the SmackDown women's title. I think Ronda gets the belt back. They give it back to her. Doesn't really make sense logically, but like I don't see them having Liv go over Ronda clean. Wow, you gonna get the Liv stance coming after you, man. <laughs> all, I'm all not saying it makes sense, but I'm saying that's sort of what I see. Like that's the only logical title change I see. All five of the Liv stands are gonna come after you, man. I'm just, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, you know. Okay, so I'll ask you this: since she's had the title, do you know anything? What do you know about Liv Morgan? She's happy to be the champ. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's about it. Right, <laughs> that, that's all I got. So, okay, so I think that Lightning could strike twice at SummerSlam like it did last year in Vegas. I think Becky could go over Bianca, and they could keep that storyline going. Um, 
why is Theory in this U.S. title rematch against Lashley? Like, he's already money in the bank. Right. And he's so talking about is... cashing in on Saturday. So, like, he's already got his eyes on the world title. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, Lashley beats Theory. Theory tries to cash in. Theory loses his opportunity to cash in. Like, I, I don't – I mean – So, I said it's what, some... what percent chance? So, Sunday marks 700 days as Roman is champion. What percent theory uh, ends the night as world champ? One uh, percent. One, okay. One <laughs> percent. Zero. I, I mean, like zero, 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 one percent. Okay. That's what I, that, that's what I mean. Like, like one percent. So because, okay, Roman is going to beat Brock. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the reasons why that Brock walked out of SmackDown is because <laughs> yeah, he found, cause, because. He's like, Brock might have been, and that's another story. See, we got a lot of wrestling to get to. <laughs> Brock, Brock walks out of SmackDown, and then he's probably got on the phone with Vince, and Vince probably told him, come on, pal. You know, I'm out of there, but you still got to do business. Do the right thing, pal. Goddamn, do the right thing. And then from there, right? And Michael so, Cole was not disappointed in Brock like he was uh, Sasha and Naomi. Shocking. Man, don't start, man. <laughs> you're going to get people upset. People didn't like that. They were mad at that shit. Don't do that. <laughs> so, don't do that, man. <laughs> the, the Naomi and Sasha stands were just like, wait a minute. Why come you were disappointed in Brock? What about that? Like, oh, that, that was a trend for a while. I'm like, hey, oh CM God. Punk threw it out also at Comic-Con. He, he pointed it out also. He said he got that treatment, so I didn't Brock. And, and by the way, just, just between you and I, uh-huh. just between you and I, Steve Austin did the same thing. Took his ball and went home. He didn't did, want to yeah. did, didn't want to go didn't want to lose to Jonathan Coachman went yeah. home remember that, that but we're not, supposed, we're not supposed to talk about that though anyway <laughs> so I imagine that Roman's going to be Brock mm-hmm. and Brock goes home the cash in like it it doesn't it, it makes no sense for theory to go over Roman I don't care how worn down Roman is that kid cannot be the dual champion sorry nope. sorry. I know they're trying to paint that picture, but what does that look like? Like you talk about, if Theory goes over at SummerSlam, we're talking about a brand new WWE. Yeah. I mean, is that who you want main eventing a stadium show overseas as your world champion? <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> no, I do not. Uh, it's cool that he's got the little briefcase around, but uh, no, I expect so. So that's going to say the same. Lashley's going to retain his U.S. title. The Usos are going to retain, and I just see Becky and, and Bel Air, and you say Rousey and Liv Morgan. Yeah, I don't see anything else. Oh yeah, there's nothing there, and that's the thing. Like you look at the show, there's a couple celebrity matches: McAfee versus Corbin, Miz versus Logan Paul. Like this is SummerSlam. It doesn't feel like one of the majors, like you know, one of the core four. Like it is a very lackluster card on Saturday that seems very predictable. Also, like. The women's title matches are the only ones where we could sort of make a case there might be a title change. McAfee and Baron Corbin's going to be a banger. Okay. You don't think so? Corbin doesn't do it for me. Like, yeah, McAfee will perform. I'm interested to see it because this is the first McAfee match where the guy he's wrestling isn't someone that can have a five-star match with, you know, a broomstick. So McAfee might have to work a little bit more on this one. So I'm curious to see that part of it. Uh, yeah, I think that McAfee, he just has it, man. I saw his promo on SmackDown where he's, um, he's attacked by Corbin. He chases Corbin to the back. He does the promo in the ring and was just fan. 
I mean, the dude is just built for pro wrestling. Yeah. You can tell he studied it. It's yep. almost old school the way he does it. It's just like this guy just it's more it's not his radio show. It's just not him being just the, you know, crazy. That guy feels pro wrestling. You, it comes out of him and he make gets a reaction. Bum as Corbin right. he knows how to get the crowd yeah. going too, man. He's he's good. At, like would he ever do it full time? No, but uh, like on these one offs. And by the way, Maddie McMahon's gone. Mm, not sure if we're gonna see McAfee in the ring as much anymore. That's a, yeah, I but, think McMahon liked it, but but Triple H used him like we saw, and maybe that was a Vince decision. But we saw him in NXT against Cole, and they did that whole that's thing. True. That's true. So maybe there's something so, there. So yeah, I'll, it, like based on the card, and you are correct. Does it feel like the Summer Slams in the past? No. But the reason why that is is because of lack of star power. Right. Once again, right? Once again. And then, of course, along with that, God, this has been a long week. So Seth Rollins apparently will not wrestle at SummerSlam because of the quote-unquote kayfabe injury yes. with um, Riddle. With Riddle. With Matt Riddle. So wait, you're gonna wait till like the castle pay per view? Why can't they have? Why can't they have this match at SummerSlam and then do the Clash of the Castle and have a rematch? What's wrong with that? Yeah, that is weird. You know, Rollins took to social media and did the whole like, "Oh, I'm sorry to anyone that bought a ticket to see me." Triple H responded, said, "I hear you." So maybe it is Rollins versus mystery opponent again. They worked at Mania, even though we knew who said mystery opponent was. But maybe that's sort of the first Triple H thing, like, "Hey." Let's throw someone out there and let those guys just go and put on a banger on Saturday. Cool. Gunter. Book it. Uh, what? You don't like Gunter? But that doesn't make what? sense. Like, where does that make sense? You want Rollins is the IC champ? No, Gunter beats Rollins. Gets, gets over and beats Rollins. <laughs> Bam! Big, big shots. <laughs> so <laughs> Santa says like. Brian Alvarez said it's going to be Dolph. Uh, Dolph. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that'd be a great be match. A doesn't yeah, make sense storyline anywhere. I mean, because well, listen. I mean, so uh, Randy Orton's best friend is not going to be there. So, but, but I mean, that'll be a fine match, though, won't it? Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Like maybe they do just save it, and maybe there is nothing to it. But like, I think it's the show we ultimately look back on and say this is the end of the Vince era. Like this is the final Vince show. I don't think they're going to blow up too much to where, you know, like we said, it's not where Theory ends the night as champion, but this is the end of the Vince era, and this is going to be a very big moment we look back on and landmark and say, okay, Monday Night Raw, that's the Triple H era. Let's go and see what happens. I would agree with you there. All right. All right. Before we get out, you know, some of the things we like to do, uh, let's do a little news and notes. We've mentioned a couple of them. Jonathan Gresham reportedly asked for his Ring of Honor release. Rollins Riddle off SummerSlam. Speaking of WWE, WrestleMania 40, which will be next year, will take part at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia and will be two nights again. So it looks like that's here to stay, the two nights. I uh, I checked the weather in Philadelphia, and it's usually around the 50s. Oh. <laughs> for the, like the 40s or 50s. And so, you know, McMahon's had the luck of the Irish for a long time with these outdoor events, right? It worked out in New York. It did rain in Tampa, but the rain went away after because of Florida. But you it had a lightning delay. Minutes. You had that a lightning delay in Tampa. Yeah, they did. They did. And so Philadelphia is going to be an interesting test. Like, I never thought it'd be there. 
Uh, but yeah. it is there. And so, okay, <laughs> WrestleMania 40, the hope is that they have great weather and that people have a great time. Um, but it's kind of where Nick Khan and Vince were going with this. They have more stadium shows. I mean, this SummerSlam is going to be a Nissan stadium with the home of the Titans. Right. Like, they had never done that before. And keep in mind, see, bro, it's, it's a longer conversation, but just get this. You're having SummerSlam in Nashville, a place that you really didn't consider a major town, but it's a major stadium. And they want to have right. more stadium events to pack more people in. Uh, and this is where, you know, you don't have 10 stars that you want to see. You see the WWE coming to town, but you have like a handful of people that you like, but it's not like every match is a banger. Right. And that's the thing. Like WrestleMania is for the casual fan. You're going to get the celebrity matches. So maybe it'll be changed by that time. You know, with the new WWE who knows what it looks like, but that'll take place early April next year. Speaking of WWE, Triple H, NXT reportedly will have a premium live event the same day as All Out. WrestleNomics, the first to report on that one. Okay, so NXT is going to have a, a premium live event. It's going to be on Peacock, I guess? Yep, uh-huh. Okay. Uh, against All Out on Sunday? That yep. Sunday? Same night, and I assume same time. Yeah, no one's watching that. Right. No one's watching that. No, no one's watching an NXT show. I mean, God bless him for doing that. But and and why? Why 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 would you do that? Why don't you put it on Saturday? Yeah, that's a weird one because also even if you assume and hope that maybe you know 2.0 is sort of going to the side and we get black and gold back, that's only a month away. So like we wouldn't even see the full transformation yet. Like Ron Baker and Mandy, like I know they're working hard, but like. That's not going up against All Out. Like, that's a very odd decision. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. Well, I understand why they're doing it. I get that. But it's like, yeah, you know, maybe they're going to be the show before you get to All Out. Maybe they, maybe it's an afternoon show. You said head-to-head, -head, so it's going to be in the evening, right? That's what they're saying, yeah. Yeah, sorry. If, it, <laughs> if, if that is not like uh, Gargano, Ciampa in the main event, <laughs> then I'm not watching that. I'm not – Hey man, nothing against Lash Legend. I love her. I like, uh -huh. but I'm not watching Lash Legend in, in some matchup against uh, the lady that sleeps and that's like in a sleeper. <laughs> yeah. What's her name? Uh, Wendy Chu. Wendy, Wendy Chu. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Wendy Chu. Like I'm, I'm not watching that, brother. Sorry. I'll, I'll actually be it all out. So I'll be, I won't be watching NXT. That is. For You're sure. not watching on your phone while there. No, I am not. <laughs> I am not. No. And then finally, so, in news and notes, uh, Denise Salzillo reporting, WWE plans to make attempts to reconcile with Sasha Banks and Naomi. That is a positive. And if that does come to fruition, that means that there really was a disconnect with Vince. Yep. And we kind of know that anyway, but I think it confirms it. Uh, if Sasha Banks does return, and we kept hearing that Naomi would try to come back anyway. Yeah. I mean, her, her husband's there. Um, that... Uh, if they do come back, both of them, then you know that it was a Vince issue that they had. And so, and that would be for a lot of people. Hey, listen, through the grapevine, we keep hearing that those that left WWE wish that they were still there with Vince being gone. Right. That says a lot for Vince, so in which they appreciate Vince and the money and the opportunity, but just the working conditions for some of those wrestlers and, and backstage people, they couldn't take. They didn't like the environment, and that's why they went to AEW uh, or – or get went on the indie circuit. This is why we have control your narrative. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> That's why they have yeah. me because they're just like, yeah, I just can't take it, man. It's just like, 
I'm never going to get over. I can't, no one listens to my ideas. I can't control my own character. You got me buried on WWE main event. Yeah, I can, I can never get in the pay-per-view. So, and by the way, speaking of that, so Gunter is not on this pay-per-view. No. Nope. in the pre-show? No? I haven't seen the pre-show announced yet. Maybe they'll announce it tomorrow night because they still have one more show. Mm, okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm looking, my friend. I don't see any other new. I mean, there's. I think we covered a lot here yeah, from, Smack, from SmackDown last Friday. And by the way, people can go in the archives of yep. Good Karma Wrestling and go back to our pop-up show that we did to talk about Vince uh, being ousted by the WWE. Uh, by he, well, he retires, quote unquote, but he was definitely ousted. Yeah. Um, he can survive this. And then the Triple H era beginning, and then Monday Night Raw. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just it's it's a lot. Um, I guess one other thing is uh, a uh, shout out to Rey Mysterio for twenty years in, the, oh, yeah. in WWE. Uh, great, great promo, um, and no back jumping. Right. And he actually won the match. The afterbirth, of course, afterwards where he gives a jump. I mean, that's where you're going to do it. You're doing the locker room. That's old right. school, also. <laughs> but I, but how about that? How about this? This is Vince. He gets embarrassed in front of his yep. family. He gets his ass whooped in front of Madison Square Garden. He can't get his old promo out because there would be somebody's theme that would interrupt his thoughts. I kept waiting for it. Like the entire promo. Yeah. Like, all right, when's it coming? When's it coming? I was like, oh, he's still going. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Right? Yeah. So that's new. That yes. is because Ray deserves that. Mm-hmm. So, and I assume uh, it hasn't and- been announced yet, but I assume some sort of maybe him and Dominic versus Priest and Finn on Saturday. Even though they just sure. did that. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, sure. Because because Dominic's gonna turn on Ray. I've been hearing yeah. that for what a year. Right. So now he's gonna join and Judgment it, Day. So there you go. And I think to myself every time I hear that. So Dominic turns on Ray. So what does Dominic do? Right. He sucks. Right. <laughs> right. It's just like why is this kid in NXT learning? Like like. Yes. So he turns on no Ray. Sense. So so we're gonna pay a ticket to see Ray versus Dominic. Like so, because we, because everybody wants to see that, right? Right. <laughs> but hey, we so, might get Ray in uh, the Halloween Havoc gear, so that'll be exciting. And I saw that. I, I think I thought that was cool. And Logan Paul is a heel, and his tiny balls. That's all I have. Yeah, so weird. Like this, that's not. It's not working. No. And, and that's something that Vince tried to force. It's just not working, brother. Like he's a he's a heel, and. You mentioned Tiny Balls. Madison Garden Garden's like, yeah, that's funny. Tiny Balls, yeah, that's funny. The men's got Tiny Balls. But then Miz comes out, and he gets this big ovation because he's more over than Logan Paul because the Paul brothers are bad guys. Right. But you get that YouTube, that fan base or whatever. People are tuning in. Before we go, of course, match of the week. Is there anything besides uh, the two out of three falls? No. No, FTR and the Briscoes is the best match that we saw this week. There's no question about that. And if you have not seen ROH Death Before Dishonor, uh, listen, all three of us uh, believe that it was a great match. Go out of your way to see the pay-per-view, but that definitely that match. Yep. Tremendous, tremendous storytelling to the point where, like, Broitz is afraid for Brian Danielson. I'm afraid for Dax. I was right. like, dude, he's put together with scotch tape. Seriously, yeah. like... I, I'm like, oh my god! Like, I know he's he's hurting, he's in pain. I'm concerned for him because, but I tell you, what, Dax Horwood is one of is like a wrestler of the year type right now. I yeah. mean, he's just been doing some great, and that match was fantastic. So nothing beats that. 
No, completely agree. I mean, those guys want to be old school. That's what they are. I know for me, and not a lot of people probably saw it, but Triple L, I saw a show in Denver, which stands for Lucha Libre and Laughs. You know, big show there from a brewery. <laughs> so watching random people watch pro wrestling while they were just there to have a beer on a Sunday afternoon, entertaining in itself. So shout out to Triple L. I wish Gabe was here. He'd be killing you right now. <laughs> Naito would be killing you over at Triple L. And, but, and, and then, of course, and then, of course, our overseer here of this show, Evan Cohen, wants to cancel our show because of the picture you took. Because there's a crowd of like 18 people in there. So embarrassing. He wants to unplug the show. He hey, says, it just I'm happened to be, it. it just happened to be where I was. So, you know, I took in some live pro wrestling. And also, their thing was they had live commentary also with stand up comedians. So they were cracking jokes the whole time. It was uh, very oh, innovative oh. in the Denver area. Oh, my God. Oh, so sad. Well, folks, <laughs> we want you to know that we're going to have a special show. If you enjoy this, you will enjoy uh, Good Karma Wrestling, GKW Saturday Night. That's GKW right. GKW Saturday Night. That's what it will be. After SummerSlam, the three of us will be together. Make sure that you hang out with your boys after SummerSlam. Don't go anyplace else. It will pop up on YouTube youtube.com look for good karma wrestling we're about not eight or nine away from having 300 subscribers so we want you to jump on youtube for that if you don't catch it there we're going to be on twitch as well twitch.tv forward slash esp 1000 chicago will be on twitch and of course if you don't catch it catch the podcast as well but look for us saturday night uh for after SummerSlam from nashville tennessee that's right. As soon as the show ends, we got you. It might be the Austin Theory, or I guess just Theory, championship celebration show. Oh, my God. I won't show up then for that. <laughs> so, and, and Gabe will be settled. He will not be in uh -huh. the mountains and the hills of Wisconsin. He'll be in his abode uh, part of this show as well. So, for our guy, Gabe Neitzel, and for Brian Rowitz, this is Jonathan Hood. This has been Good Karma Wrestling. Join us Saturday for a special post-SummerSlam show right here on Good Karma Wrestling.